Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Philemon, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Philemon. Philemon. Now, some of y'all go on fight what? Philemon. It is in the Bible, okay? It's right before Hebrews and right after Titus. And see, some of y'all didn't even know that book was in the Bible, did you? Y'all like, Phi, what? That sounds like a piece of steak. Philemon. Some of y'all pronounce it Philemon. One guy told me, he said, did you mean to say Philemon? I said, no, it's Philemon. It's Philemon. This is a lovely book. I'll say book. I mean epistle. A letter. Y'all still looking for it? (laughs) It's on page 1100. In the Holy and Anointed Version. Right after Titus, if you go to Hebrews, I still hear y'all turning pages. This is insane. It's right before Hebrews, so it's tucked in there. You, it's really, you can miss it. I was going to say you can't miss it, but you actually can. The book of Philemon is very interesting. As I said, very loving, very personal, um, very compassionate. Last night, this morning, I called it charming. I haven't heard that word in a long time. Charming. It really is. Just a very charming, tender, tactful book. The book of Philemon, or the letter to Philemon, more specifically, doesn't deal with any doctrine or any theology. It doesn't deal with any problems in the church or any false teachers in the church. It's just a simple letter from Paul the Apostle to a man named Philemon. You don't hear this book quoted very often. Not many people even read it by the reaction of the audience. Not many people know that it's in the Bible, but it's a book of grace. You'll love it. It's beautiful. It's a book of grace. It's a book of forgiveness, a book of reconciliation. Over the next three weeks, I want to do a series of sermons, and actually the series I've titled The Road to Forgiveness. We'll do a series of sermons over the next three weeks in this book. Uh, Today, we'll talk about the road to grace. Next week, we'll talk about the road to transformation. And the following week, finally, we'll talk about the road to forgiveness. So my sermon title today is The Road to Grace. It's only 25 verses just like Jude. So I thought, well, let's just read it. All right? Philemon. Verse 1, there is no chapter, 
verse 1, if you're looking at verse 1 in Philemon, say amen. amen. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to the beloved Athea, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith, Philemon, may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Therefore, though I, Paul, might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake, I'd rather appeal to you, being such a one as Paul, I'm an old man, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten. That means he led Onesimus to the Lord. I'll tell you about that in just a minute. Whom I have begotten while in my chains, while in prison, I led him to the Lord. Who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I am sending him back. You therefore receive him, that is my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me, in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. For perhaps he departed for a while, talking about Onesimus, for a while for this purpose that you might receive him forever. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If you then count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. But if he has wronged you or owes anything, put that on my account. Underline that in your Bible, if you will. If he has wronged you or owes anything, owes you anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay, not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self besides. Yes, brother. Let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. But meanwhile, also prepare guest room for me, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be granted to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, as do Mark and Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And the church said... Amen. Already, give me your attention, already you've accomplished something. You have read the book of Philemon. Of, for some, this is the first time you ever saw the book and read it. So you've already accomplished something. Now, what we have here, let me kind of sum it up and give you the backdrop a little bit, and the letter will make total sense in just about two minutes. We have a letter written to Philemon from Paul the Apostle, who is currently in prison. Paul meets up with a runaway slave by named Onesimus. 
Onesimus obviously stole a large amount of money and took off running. That's what he means when he says in verse 18, but if he has wronged you or owes anything, put that on my account. Onesimus obviously stole a large amount of money. He took off running. So somehow Onesimus meets up with Paul and Paul leads him to the Lord. Paul then encourages Onesimus to go back to his master Philemon. Now some years prior, are you listening? Some years prior, Paul led Paul led on this uh, Philemon to the Lord. So Paul has a relationship with Philemon. Paul writes this letter to Philemon asking him to forgive the debt that Onesimus made and even to put that debt on Paul's account if necessary. Paul asked Philemon to receive Onesimus back into the house, not just as a slave, but now as a brother in Christ. Now, I like this. Notice in verse one, I like this. It lets us know right up front who's writing. Look at verse one. Look at the first word. Who is writing this letter? Very good. Very smart. Paul. Doesn't take much to know that. Now, I appreciate Paul telling us that right up front. Because when I read a letter, I don't know about you, but when I read a letter, get a letter from somebody, my f- first thing I do is I drop all the way down to the end because I want to see who is writing so I can determine whether I'm going to read it or not or whether it goes in the shredder or not. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And, some, you know, some, over the years, you know, I, I guess it comes along par for the course in this job, but, you know, I've got some bad letters from people and... I'll never forget this one year we went to the men's retreat and uh, I will never forget the day. You ever stuff, remember, you remember your mind stuff, just, you just know. And we went to the men's retreat and it was raining that day and cloudy and we came back from men's retreat. You know, you come to men's retreat and get away and you come back. Oh, praise the Lord. Everything's beautiful. And I'm a strong man of God. I'm ready to serve the Lord. I was just high in the spirit. I came, came back and I stopped by the office first thing to check, you know, check the mail or whatever. I opened my office door and there's a letter on my floor. And I pick it up and I look at it and the first thing it says, Pastor Rodney, you stink. I look, I'm like, yeah, and you stupid. <laughs> I was like, and then the thing that bugged me most about it is that they didn't sign their name. Listen, if you're going to insult me, where are my people at? Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you got something to say, bring it. You don't want none of this. And they didn't even sign their name. You know, it reminds me of the story of this old preacher who received a letter. Listen to this. He received this letter, this letter with no sender or return address on the envelope. And when he opened it, he saw a single piece of paper with one word on it with an exclamation point after it. And it read fool. Well, he took it to the pulpit the next Sunday and he said, I received an unusual letter this week. Never before have I received a letter where the writer signed his name, but forgot to write anything else. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Now here in Philemon, listen, Paul opens his letter with Paul. Look at verse one, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. But in other places, listen, he opens his letter with Paul, 
an apostle of Jesus or Paul, a bondservant of Jesus. Actually, in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. This word bondservant in the Greek language, you might want to write this down, is doulos, D-O-U-L-O-S, doulos. Every Christian ought to know this word. It's doulos, D-O-U-L-O-S. It's a Greek word. And it speaks of a slave by choice. And when you think about it, Paul could have introduced himself as Paul, the awesome, powerful, authoritative, church-planning apostle of Jesus Christ. But notice he begins this letter with Paul. Actually, in the Greek language, it reads, Paulos doulos. Paulos doulos. Paul, a slave. Now, if you're doulos, a slave, you had no rights. So Paul opens this letter with Paul a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, at this time, listen, Paul is under Roman arrest, as I mentioned. He's under Roman arrest. He's chained to four guards. But it's interesting, even chained to Roman guards, Paul doesn't say, Paul who is chained to Roman guards. He doesn't say, Paul who is being held hostage against his will. He says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Why? Because as far as Paul was concerned, he was not a prisoner of Rome. He was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And can you imagine being a Roman guard chained to Paul the apostle every day? (laughs) Paul probably drove them crazy. They probably came to work. The first thing they did was check the schedule to see who was assigned to Paul. (laughs) Oh, man, I got Paul. Be with that guy all day. He's going to talk about Jesus, 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 Jesus all day long. Paul would just share the gospel with everyone and talk about Jesus all the time. That's all he ever talked about. You got to wonder how many guards Paul led to the Lord. Now, I'm going to confess something here. Don't y'all tell anybody. But I like the show. Now, I, I don't really watch that much TV, to tell you the truth, but shows I do like, um, I like History Channel, I like um, news channels. Some, some are a little more liberal than others. I'm not careful of those. But, but I like the news channels, and I like, um, and I like, I like the show Lock Up. Um, <laughs> Lord, pray for the pastor. <laughs> pastor like the show Lock Up. Tell the truth, y'all in church, y'all little lies. Tell the truth, you like the show Lock Up. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You don't even know it. Okay. I just like that show. And, and if you've not seen it, it's a show. It's, a, it's like a you know, reality show about prisons and prisoners and some of the most notorious prisons in the U.S. And, 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 and you know, they get stories uh, from the prisoners. And, of course, none of them ever did it. You know, they're all innocent. And, you know, they're all complaining. I shouldn't be here. I'm innocent. Paul isn't complaining. He's preaching and sharing the gospel. Paul did more in prison for the kingdom than most people do out of prison. Now, Paul, listen, if you're taking those, you write this down. Paul wrote four letters called the prison epistles. Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, and Philemon. Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, and Philemon. These are known as the prison epistles. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, to uh, Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to beloved Apphia, Achippus, and to the church in your house. Now, let me tell you a little bit about each of the people in this story. There's actually two main characters. One main character is Philemon. 
Philemon was a wealthy Christian man. Are you listening? He was a wealthy Christian man living in the city of Colossae. Paul, the apostle, led him to the Lord. As I said, the church at Colossae met in his house. Keep in mind, in the first century, that was pretty dangerous for the fear of the Roman government. He later became the bishop of Colossae and Philemon loved the people of God. In verse one, Paul calls him a beloved friend. His name means affectionate one, affectionate one. History tells us he was martyred at the hands of Nero. And then Apphia, Apphia was Philemon's wife. And being the wife of a slave owner meant you had the responsibility of supervising the slaves. And that's why Paul includes her in this letter, because Onesimus was one of their slaves. And then Archippus. Archippus was the son of Appia and Philemon. It was their son. Hey, that's a great baby boy name, by the way. Ladies, if you're pregnant, you you have a little boy. Think about that name. It's a nice name. Archippus. Like you're in the hospital. What are we going to name him, sweetie? Let's name him Archippus. (laughs) Don't do that. Kids are mean. He will get beat up on the schoolyard, trust me. Many believe that Archippus was the pastor of the church in Colossae. And here's the other main character, Onesimus. Onesimus is a slave of Philemon who lives in Colossae. Onesimus stole some money from his master Philemon and then he ran away. He tries to get as far as possible. So he goes from Colossae to Rome, which is about a thousand miles. He went to Rome because Rome was a big city and he would not likely be found there. So somehow while on the lamb, he comes into contact with Paul, the apostle. Now, Paul meets Onesimus and shares the gospel with him. And Onesimus, listen, receives the Lord and becomes a Christian, becomes a believer, becomes a brother. Now, after they prayed, listen, here's what I see in the story in the white space. After they pray together, Onesimus probably says, hey, Paul, I got something to tell you. Onesimus says, I'm a runaway slave. Paul says, really? Where are you from? Uh, Colossae. Paul says, oh, I know some guys in Colossae. Paul says, who's your owner? Onesimus says, Philemon. Paul says, Philemon? You mean Philemon on 23rd Main, Philemon? I know Philemon. I mean, I left Philemon to the Lord. And Paul says, listen. You can stay with me for a while in verse 13, but you got to go back to Colossae and face your master. Paul said, but since I know him, he owes me a favor because I led him to Christ. So I'm going to send a letter with you to him. And as I said, while Paul was in prison, he wrote Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Now, this is how they were to travel. Colossians chapter 4, you put it together here in Philemon, Colossians chapter 4. And it tells us that Tychicus and Onesimus was to go with three letters. Stop off at Ephesus and give them the book of Ephesians. Stop off at Colossae and give the pastor that letter. And then go to Philemon and give him this letter. Paul says, in this letter, I'll share with Philemon how I led you to the Lord. And I'm going to ask him to receive you back, not just as a slave, but now as a brother in Christ. And I'm confident that he'll do it. Now, let me tell you a little bit about slaves. Are you listening? So let me tell you a little bit about slaves. During Paul's day, there was approximately 60 million slaves in the Roman Empire. How many slaves were in the Roman Empire? Thank you. Rome had a saying, get this, why should we rule the world and do our own work? There were more slaves in Rome 
then there were citizens. There was a constant fear of slave revolt. A slave had no rights. If you were a slave and burned something while cooking, you could be killed. If you broke a glass in the kitchen, you could be killed. A slave could be traded for a CD, no rights. There was also a lot of abuse as it relates to slave. Under Roman law, a slave owner had complete control over his slaves. A slave uh, uh, could be crucified for a lesser offense than running away. One ancient writer described how a slave was carrying a tray of glasses or goblets, actually, and he dropped one of them and one of them broke. And the master immediately demanded that the slave be thrown into a fish pond full of dangerous eels that tore that slave to pieces. Now, the law for runaways was very strict. If a slave ran away and he was captured, he'd be crucified and he'd be branded with a hot iron on the forehead with the letter F. For fugitive. So whether Onesimus would live or die, saints, please get this. Whether Onesimus would live or die was completely in the hand of Philemon. Now it is very interesting. Go do your homework and check this out. Wherever the gospel of Jesus Christ was preached, there was liberty and there was freedom. Wherever the gospel was preached, slavery was abolished and people were set free. Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew or Greek. There's neither slave or free. There's neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ. Listen, the gospel of Jesus Christ is liberating. And the gospel of Jesus Christ makes no distinction. And it doesn't matter what your race, rank, creed, or color, gender, salvation is for everybody. I want you to clap your hands, would you? Salvation is for anybody. Now listen to this. The Jewish people, they made distinction. A religious Jew would pray every morning, God, I thank you that I am not a Gentile. I thank you that I'm a Jew. He would pray, God, I thank you that I am a man and not a woman. God, I thank you that I am free and not a slave. Every morning they would pray this prayer. You see, legalism draws lines of distinction. But there is no distinction in Christ. Can the church say amen? In Christ, listen, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, male nor female, black nor white, barbarian or Scythian, the scripture teaches. We are all one in Christ. Therefore, listen, the person that you're sitting next to, if they are a born again believer, I don't care if they're black. I don't care if they're white. I don't care if they look like a smurf. They are going. I'm working to keep y'all awake and just I don't care. They're going to heaven. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to wait while you clap your hand. And I'll tell you something. I don't care if you don't like black folks, you ain't going to like heaven. And if you don't like white folk, you ain't going to like heaven. Because in heaven, everybody, all believers, it's one thing I love about this church. I say it all the time. You should be standing where I'm standing. You need to look out the way and see what I can see. Right now, I see people from every walk of life, every nationality, black, white, uh, uh, Asian, Hispanics, all kinds of people in the house of the Lord, worshiping God because we are one in Christ. This is what heaven looks like. This is what heaven looks like. Heaven looks like this. Every nation, tongue, and tribe, and people gather around the throne singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Is anybody happy about that? Anybody happy about that? There's no distinction. 
There's no distinction in Christ. Now, there's some people who use that verse and say, well, there's no distinction between male and female. And thus they try to justify women pastors and women in the ministry and all kinds of things that they will try to justify saying that there are no distinctions between male and female. Listen, we all know that there is a distinction between male and female. Men are different than women. Please, somebody say it. Men, and what happened in the days where women were just women? (laughs) Lord Jesus. I'm going to take this opportunity to get some air. And whatever happened in the days where men were just men? There is a distinction between men and women. Men and women, they're different. Everybody knows that men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Everybody knows that when men complain about problems, we want solutions. When women complain about problems, they want to complain. Seriously, there's no distinction. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.